The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. All right, Cooley is with me today on this Friday. We're going to talk a lot about Eric Bieniemy's presser and all the other interviews he did. There's news on the sale of the team, not just what you think is the news, the uh, Post story about Bezos uh, retaining an investment banker uh, to help him uh, do due diligence on the possibility of making a bid on the team. But there has been some recent news right before we began recording this podcast, which we will get to as well. But Cooley's joining us from Powell, Wyoming, where according to my weather bug, it is six below zero right now. As we are recording, it was 18 below last night, heading up to maybe 15 degrees today. Uh, It was 81 degrees here yesterday. And to answer your question, yes, I played golf. How are you? I'm awesome. I love this weather. (laughs) No, you don't. You hate it. This makes you 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 tough. This kind of weather makes people tough. It makes you hearty, that's for sure. You're a hearty folk out there, no doubt. It's going to warm up to 15, deg- 15 degrees. It's going to feel like summertime. You weren't, you weren't happy the other day when you FaceTimed me and you showed me the drifts out in front of your, your house and you couldn't start your truck up because the battery was dead. Weren't happy then. So, no. It was so cold. It is cold now. It was so cold on Tuesday. The wind was blowing 50 miles an hour. <laughs> Dude, didn't you have like a wind chill of like 65 below? It was like 65 below, wasn't it, the other night? I don't think it was that. I don't know what the wind chill actually got to. It was negative 20 Tuesday night, but the wind was just howling. Yeah, so... The- you hear pounding your house. Snowing cold. Yesterday, I don't think it got above negative 4. That was fun, but the wind calmed down, and you, today it's a beautiful sunny day creeping up to about zero right now. You can go outside and your nose hairs don't freeze. You told me the other night that you had to keep the fire, the wood-burning fire in your house burning all night long to keep your place warm. That's how cold it was. I mean, like you were living in you know the late 1800s. 
and and it was well, all- it's a log cabin that I'm in, and it's not incredibly insulated. Well, I got windows from the early '90s or whenever it was built that probably need replaced. Shoot, Tuesday night my furnace stopped working, which is going to be a real nightmare. So I had to FaceTime a friend, and me and that buddy had to put a paperclip in to circumvent the the high limit deal and. I had to go outside and clean out the vent of it because it was clogged with snow. An hour and a half to get my furnace working. <laughs> Jesus, it's the it's best when so you're cold miserable. and it's freezing, but you have to go outside and fix things. I mean, I know you love living out there, but that's those days, and you have several of them from you know December through March. I mean, it's not even safe. I mean, why don't you, by the way, call Window Nation right now at 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com and see if you can get some new windows from Harley and the gang out there. I mean, you need new windows. You've had them since the 90s. I keep pitching that if your windows are 10 years older, 10 years of age or older, you need new windows. Just give Window Nation a call. Good God. Call Harley. Call Harley. Fly him out here. Get, get Get a new house full of windows. He'll do it. You know what's good? Here's, here's the thing is you do get some of the days like that. Last year we only had maybe a couple. The wind blew a lot last year, but it wasn't negative as much. The year before it was for about a week or so. This year there's been 10 of them, 12 of them. There's a big difference, though, Kev, between zero and negative 15. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a big. I, I mean, you, you think like uh-huh. you think about it, and it, 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 it's really like if you think about it on the other end, like out there in the summertime, ninety six. There's a big difference between eighty one and ninety six. That's when you get true. To the higher limit, but that's a humidity thing. That's a humidity thing. I I mean, it's still, but the, you really notice a big difference when it hits negative fifteen. You go outside and you go, damn, it's cold. Chris Cooley doesn't like it outside when it's cold. (laughs) No, Chris Cooley does not like it when he goes outside. (laughs) Kevin Sheehan does not like going outside on Christmas morning when it was four degrees. Because that those okay. two days were the only cold days we've had all winter, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And there's a big difference. Let me just tell you something. There is a big difference between thirty two and seven. That's a I need at least a, a twenty five degree difference for Kevin Sheehan to know um about the difference in, in in feel. That was brutal. Now, you've always said that the the real benefit, like you've said, a thirty two degree day out there feels like you know fifty five here in the winter, and because it's drier and there's no humidity, and then you have the wonderful, beautiful summers. But my God, you have really had some brutally cold days and nights this winter, and that's where winter's been confined. You know, has been out west, the East Coast. We have not had any winter. It was eighty one yesterday, eighty one. That's insane. And this has been a long winter just because we haven't had that, whatever, you, the Indian summer or whatever you call it, where you get to warm up for seven or eight days. Or you, and that's not completely uncommon to have a, day, a week in January here where it's in the 50s. 50s. February is usually cold. Yeah. But it, I haven't seen 50 since October. 
Right. We, I mean, we've taken a couple trips, which is what the plan is. But it hasn't hit 50 since October. That said, you'll look, you can look at my weather for next week. You can look at Chris Cooley's weather, okay? <laughs> now, obviously, 32 32- <laughs> Stop your it. fault that I'm doing this. It's your fault that I'm doing I'm looking this. at your forecast. Um, you you're gonna get you're in the thirties. 30, 36, 38 degrees yeah. is is warm. The snow's melting through the day. Right. Because of the sun angle too. I mean, because you you're with elevation, your snow, in part because it's a super dry snow, and because you're at elevation, it actually dries up and goes away faster. That's true. I think it is. I could be wrong. I I'm gonna go with sun angle. Yeah, I, you know, I, obviously, okay. I, I, I like to put sun, the sun in the best I think it's position to win. I like I, to put, I like to put the sun in the best position to melt snow. I don't think it's. I like to have a relationship with it. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, so, anyways, thirty yeah. thirty. The rest of the week, hopefully, hopefully, this is this is it for the the negatives. Right. We should get to March, and it's not it's not like you get a. a Super summer in March, but I've been out here in March where it's been 55 quite a bit and in the 50s. And so hopefully we get done with it. But I am over it. I am legitimately done with it. It's time to warm up. Yeah, I mean, you did get, you know, you had a week um, plus in St. Lucia, which was nice. You were also in yeah, Florida in over Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the... Um, and we are actually supposed to, so we go from 81 on Thursday and 48 hours later, we're going to have snow tomorrow. Now, not a lot. I mean, they're, they're saying make like a coating of snow before it mixes with rain and changes to rain. But, you know, whatever. We have not had winter. Um, you, you, yesterday was one of those days, though, Cooley. Like, I, I think, I would imagine that every tea time at every course in town was completely filled because we've seen this day coming for like a week that yesterday was going to be a 70s to near 80 day um and it was just a perfect day to be out there playing golf and having fun um other than the golf itself i played 18 holes i did not make one par on the round i had 16 bogeys and two double bogeys. Didn't make one par. I three-putted nine greens. Not good. Um, but then again... Yeah, but you're moving, for, you're moving forward. You're making progress. You're making... The, the thing that stinks about that is it's not a good score. But you didn't play poorly. Uh, I didn't play great. I didn't. Some of the bogeys, I was scrambling to make bogey. But I had a couple of those holes where I think if it had been... You know, for you and I head to head, where I needed to make par and net birdie, I think I would have made the par. I think I would have I, I would have sunk the six footer, the six foot sidewinder, if it had been for par and net like birdie think, against you. I like to think I'd bring out the best in people. You do. Uh, speaking of the best in people, um, Murma Lattis, great content. Cooley and Tom are the best. Listening makes me feel like I'm still back home in the DMV, although the whole show kind of comes apart at the end there. (laughs) I don't even know what they're talking about. Tommy and I were talking about a lot of different things yesterday. Tommy wanted to talk about artificial intelligence the other day. Um, I discussed that uh, Trader Joe ginger snaps are the best cookies out there. 
Um, I can't oh, even remember. Oh, so good. Yeah. Oh, do you like? Do you guys have a? Tra- you don't have a Trader People Joe's. Ship, no, but we get my my in laws ship us Trader Joe's all the time. The Trader Joe's ginger snaps are the best. And yesterday we talked about something. Tommy and I, you know, we've done shows together for fifteen years, and we found out something that we never knew about one another, and that is we both don't like tomatoes. The consistency, the texture of tomatoes. I don't eat tomatoes. I love everything associated with tomatoes. I like tomato sauce. I like tomato uh, paste. I like everything associated with tomatoes. I love salsa. I can't eat tomatoes. Are you a tomatoes person or not? I like tomatoes. Mm. Okay. Uh, I like a a tomato with just some salt, maybe a a little sprinkling of pepper. I like tomatoes on hamburgers. Yeah, take, I like carry tomatoes. I like to grow tomatoes. Tomatoes. I like tomatoes. You're wrong. I'm not wrong. It's just the way I feel. No, I'm, you're I, wrong. No, I'm not no. wrong. No, it, you're wrong. And by the way, lots of people followed up with us to say, I don't like tomatoes either. Uh, I think it is a texture thing with tomatoes. By the way, the uh, you know, uh, tomatoes are fruit. Our, our review from Mermeladis, um wrote, finished, and I didn't get to the end of it. Out of nowhere... There's this lone singer who appears to be injured. It's a disturbing event, closed quote. Uh, Tommy is in Florida, and his favorite activity in Florida, other than drinking Red Stripes, is doing karaoke two times a week, which he goes up and he does solo, and he has recorded it for us, and I've played it on the end of the podcast a few times. And let's just say he should keep his day job. A singer he's not, but brave... He is. Uh, he is brave. Um, what else do you have? Oh, we liked it. I want. I want you to tell everybody because you said it was okay to talk about what you've been doing here over the last several months. Because I think it's very exciting, and I think people are going to want to know what you've been doing in addition to you know all of your you know. Uh, independent contracting work and and your building things and your electrical work and your plumbing. Tell everybody what you've been doing. Do you want me to tell them? So I am the assistant wrestling coach for Northwest Community College or Northwest Junior College. They don't you don't say community college anywhere. We looked that up the other day, a friend and I. Really? So we yeah, it's, it's Northwest Junior College. It's and so if you. And I love it. I mean, I, I'm in it, man. I'm wrestling every day. Uh, and I love our kids. And we just finished regionals, and we're going to nationals in um, Council Bluffs, Iowa, next week. I'm leaving next Tuesday, and this is our last tournament. But it, early December, I was shooting hoops at the college with a buddy, and the wrestling coach came walking through. And he, he's been here for 30 years amazing coach like should have went and done other could have could have been at any level reminds me so much of joe gibbs we'll talk more about him but yeah he comes through and we say hello and he i'm from here and he was here when i was a kid and he said hey yeah why don't you will you come in and just wrestle with our our heavyweight and our big guys our, our 97 pound and i, I thought about it for sure because i haven't wrestled in 20 years and, and i said oh, okay so i went in and i started wrestling with the, the bigger guys and, and, and watching and a couple weeks 
after Christmas went by, and I'd been going in almost every day. Tell everybody how it went early on when you wrestled the heavyweights after not wrestling for all those years. Cooley, by the way, I think most of you know this, was one of the highest, uh, most highly recruited wrestlers out of high school in the country. He ended up playing football, obviously, at Utah State, but he, he could have gone to any of the wrestling powerhouses in the country. They all sought, you know, Cooley to come uh, to places like Iowa and Penn State and some of the big-named wrestling schools on scholarship. But it's been a while. Tell everybody, because you called uh, several of us that day or the day after to tell us about what happened when you went head-to-head with, by the way, the number eight-ranked team in the country in junior college wrestling, the Northwest Wyoming Trappers. What happened that first day? Well, I went and wrestled, and I I was concerned that I was going to get my ass kicked, and I'm 40 years old, and I really don't need to get my ass kicked at this point in my life. So I watched for a while, and then about an hour in, I, I... Slapped both of my legs two times, and I <laughs> I stepped out on the mat, and I said, "Let's go, big boy." Chris, well, Cody Co- Chris Cooley's going to wrestle. Who, who I love, who's like my guy. They they're my guys now. I mean, I would have told you the story a little bit differently, December first, because but now they're my guys, and I, I'm I'm pretty good still, Kev. Mm. I'm a pretty good wrestler. Now that said, on Tuesday I tore my bicep. Yes, you did. It didn't. It did not did look I send pretty. You the picture? Yeah, it did it's not actually, look pretty. It's, it's actually okay. If, if you tear it off your shoulder, it's it, you can recover. I've learned this. If you tear it off your elbow, you, you got to go have surgery. So I pulled it or tore it off my shoulder. My whole arm's black and blue right now. Wait, if you tear but, a bicep, no, if you tear a biceps and... off the shoulder, you're good. If you tear it off the elbow, you need surgery. Yes, for lack of any better medical terms, I, I'm would assume there's probably an instance where you tear it bad enough off your shoulder you have to have surgery. But I'm I'm pretty much okay, other than the shutting the door movement. I could do like a curl, but the shutting the door movement. I I don't know know what that is. Anyways, like when you shut your car door? Sorry, shutting the car door. I I thought you were talking about some wrestling move. Yeah, got it. No, 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 no. Well, you can do that with your offhand. Yeah, I can get her shut. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, it's funny because I'm still a pretty good wrestler. Um, I'm big, you know. I've, and they're young. They're junior college. I think our heavyweight's 21. Right. Our 97 pounders 21. They're young and and they're they're really at this point in the year, both our heavyweight and our 97 has a chance to win nationals right. at, at a junior college level. Which you'll go to a D1 if you want to go to D1 and you win nationals. Like our 174 pounders going to go to Michigan, I think. From Uzbekistan. I mean, the kid from Uzbekistan. He's from Uzbekistan. Yeah. But we're a good pro. Like it's a legitimate good wrestling program. You're ranked. Uh, you're ranked eighth in the country right now, in the junior college rankings. Yeah, we got, yeah. When we were, we actually we rode the a 13 hour bus ride up to Colorado oh my to regionals oh, last week, and we had four region champs. And you know, it's a program. Like if you if Kids want to wrestle. It, it's a program where if you didn't have a, a good offer, we have a great facility. We have phenomenal coach, a phenomenal coach, and we're it's a it's a big time program for a junior college. It's it's awesome. I love it, and and getting to be a part of it every day. I go in and 
I go in and we work out at six thirty every morning in the weight room and and then we go practice every day and then they roll around and wrestle and you know, it's it's been it's been really fun and it's great working with it was great coaching the high school football a couple of years ago and but it's it's really a lot of fun to work with college kids because you get to be more of yourself you don't have to you don't hold back on some things you want to say or how you want to say it and they're grown ups I mean they're they're adults at this point so you treat them that way. And our kids are our kids are awesome. It's the you knew this story. It's the it's the school. If you want to look it up, we had the two wrestlers that got attacked by the grizzly bear. Right. Yeah, we. We're actually ESPN. I think ESPN is going to do a well. They are doing a story for the magazine. Oh. We're actually going to about to the spot where they got attacked today. I'm going to go up there with them. And, are you? And do photos. Really? Yeah. It's well, not, well, grizzly bears are hibernating at this point. Anyway, we're just going to the trailhead where they started off, but. We're going to go up and take some pictures with them. And now those guys are awesome. Our, our guys are great. I love it. I'm, I'm immersed in it. For those of you that didn't hear us talk about this, back in the fall, I think it was, two, ki- two you know, college kids from that area of the country, and they're wrestlers for the team that now Cooley is an assistant coach for, the Northwest Wyoming Junior College Trappers. They were attacked by bears, mauled by a bear. One of the the wrestlers, and I'm forgetting the details of the story right now, actually saved the life of the other one and ultimately saved both of their lives. Um, But it became a huge national story. And who did you say is coming to do a story on them? Well, ESPN is doing it for the magazine. Oh, it's going to be an ESPN the magazine story? What... um, the kids, Cody, wasn't one of them Cody something? Um, Brady Lowry. Brady Lowry. Brady Lowry. And then Gus. Gus was up there. and Now, Brady was, the bear was like chewing on his arm. I think and Kendall jumped on the bear, and then the bear ripped up Kendall's face pretty bad, and he's got a bunch of scars on his face. And, oh. I mean, that's it's a scary deal, but, yeah, they saved each other. They saved their lives and fought the bear off. It's pretty amazing. We're, Kendall jumped on the bear and, and saved Brady, and we're joking. Kendall's redshirting this year. It's going to take him a little longer. Brady's going to Nationals next week. But we were joking. If Brady was getting pinned, we thought Kendall might just run out there, jump <laughs> on the guy, tear him off. Yeah. Get off my friend. <laughs> I mean, that's a hell of a story. That'll well, be a I'm great ESPN story. I'm having a great time. Yeah. yeah I, I I'm, can... having a great, I'm having a great time with it, and, and, I, and I love doing it. I'm going to be – here's one thing. I've, I've already realized it's going to be really, really hard for me doing this, especially at a junior college level. They're here for one or two years, and you form close relationships with them, and it's almost like the NFL stuff. And then you send them on their way. Right. I'm going to struggle. We're going to lose six or seven guys that I've, I've gotten really close with this year, and I don't want them to go. Right. I know, I know how much you've enjoyed this because every time we talk, that is the conversation. You're so into it, and you've talked about this guy, this coach, um, Ziegler, right? Coach Ziegler is his name? Yeah, Jim, Jim Ziegler. Yeah, and you've said – Yeah, he's been here for, what for 30 years. Go ahead. 30 years he's been the coach here. You told me he's one of the best in the country, and he's just a, a, an incredible guy. Um, and – like you said, like you're not coaching at a junior college that's just, you know, kind of thrown together a wrestling team. This is like a powerhouse program in junior college wrestling. In fact, when I when I looked up, and I don't have it in front of me um, right now, um, 
I did two minutes ago. But a lot of the junior college wrestling powerhouses are all out west. In fact, Western Wyoming Junior College, here it is. West, so Clackamas, Oregon's number one. Western Wyoming's two. Iowa, Western three. Um, and then you've got Oklahoma, Idaho, your school, Wyoming, number eight. Uh, Northwest Kansas Tech. A bunch of Iowa's in there. A bunch of Iowa's in there. But then then again, the Iowa Hawkeyes program has always been one of the best in the country, like a legendary program. So Iowa. Oh, yeah, Iowa's with with Gable. And yeah, they've they've always been huge. And now, right now, Penn State's unbelievable. And Michigan's good. Ohio State's good. It's funny because a lot of the really good D1 programs are are out uh, more on the East Coast. Um, well, well, you you just gave Arizona some Midwest State, progress. Arizona State's really good. They're always very good. Arizona State's always very good. Hold on, I'm pulling up the uh, current uh, wrestling. I'm lear- it's funny because I'm learning so much. Penn State's I'm one. Lear- you know, you, Penn State's you one. So I was too. About, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you learn so much about like all our wrestlers talk about all these wrestling names. Like like you and I would talk about football names, right? I mean, okay. You, so I'm, I you're think, learning the different programs and the different stuff and and different names and no, it's funny. I mean, I'm trying to recruit and <laughs> no, the, and the reason I didn't want to talk honestly, the, one of the big reasons we didn't talk about it much is I really don't want and it won't be a big deal, but it, it's me and I it, I don't want it to, any of it to be about me. It's it's really about this team and the kids and I I got here halfway through the year and. I'm just helping. I'm just helping Coach Ziegler and, and and these dudes. And I didn't want that story. I don't want any story about it. I don't want anyone to, you know. I just want to be a part of this this thing. I I want to be a part of that. I mean, you took a 13 hour bus ride, so you really are invested. I can't believe you're on oh, a we, bus we, for 13 we, hours. Yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was fun. If you say so. A lot so. of fun. Um, <clears throat> I know how much you love wrestling. You've always loved wrestling. Um, it is really a passion. Football is too. I'm not suggesting it's not, but this is really a passion. You've always loved coaching and, and I'm being serious here and I know you don't want to make it about you and I'm not going to do that. But if you've, <clears throat> you know, if you've got a, a son or, you know, you've got somebody, you know, who, you know, is a college uh, level wrestler, um, but they're looking at, you know, the junior college route. This would be an incredible place because your top wrestler is going to Michigan. You mentioned to me the other day, and maybe you already mentioned it, you got another kid going to Purdue. And I know you're going to miss them, but it's like when you're wrestling at the junior college level at this high level and you're good, you end up getting full, you know, you end up getting rides to really big time wrestling programs. And in the case of like a Michigan, a phenomenal school as well. Um, So, you know, not everybody can go right from high school to Ann Arbor to wrestle. No, not everybody does. Not everyone has that opportunity and it's, it's, Really, it's an interesting deal with the junior college stuff and the transfer rule. I, I think a lot of guys think, well, let's just go to the, the best possible scenario, and then the, I'll, I'll go to an NAIA school or Division II school, and then I'll transfer to wherever I want to transfer. And You know, we wrestle NAIA schools. I mean, we wrestle above junior – like, we don't have to just wrestle junior colleges. 
Right. You know, so we we wrestled guys at, at, at bigger schools, and it it's we're it's good for college wrestling, and it, it's for a lot of kids. I, I think like for us, a lot of kids, we we can get kids here cheap, and it's not as expensive to go here as a lot of places. School isn't. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, whatever. If, if kids want to wrestle, this and you don't have the D1 offer that you want or the ride that you want, this is a darn good place. It's funny, you know, you think, like, well, it's Wyoming. It's Powell, Wyoming. And you don't, gosh, it's it's a beautiful place to be and a fun place to, to go to school. And It's beautiful. I don't know. I've been, I've been, here's what I say. I've been just so impressed with our program and our coach. He is phenomenal. He's won a couple national championships. He's had, like, 50 uh, national champs individually had an unlimited amount of All-Americans, and I learned not just more about wrestling every day, which I do from him, because technically he's just unbelievable, but about coaching and just watching him work and how his relationships with with the guys is unbelievable. They're all best friends. Our our team, they're all best friends. It's it's really cool. It's fun. I didn't think I missed being part of a team as much as I did until I was doing this. Right. And then you realize, wow, it is so awesome to be part of a team. Well, you talked in the same way you're talking about these kids, the same way you talked about the kids that you had in high school football. I think the difference is you're working with a real adult and a real winner um, and, uh, you know, and, 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 and a coach that really, you know, has a, a ton of security. I mean, you, you just said he's won multiple national championships, so that's awesome. I think uh, – I mean, it's, I think everybody in your life is thrilled that this is something um, that you're doing right now. Um, all right, let's get to the uh, enemy. Let's get to the latest on the sale of the team. We will do that right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why not Washington? Look at all the talent. Look at the players that they have. Okay? Look at the guys that they, they, they have on defense. So 
I'm excited about this opportunity. I've known Coach Ron now since 1999. So relationships mean something. I've known Coach Mayhew for a number of years, and that means something. I've known Mr. Stokes for a number of years. And so I have no doubt about what they're building here. Obviously, they went to the playoffs uh, in the previous year. So they were basically real close this year of going. So I'm never, I have never, ever backed down from a challenge. So I'm embracing this challenge. I'm fired up. I'm excited. I'm excited when it's time to start talking ball with these guys, to start getting to work. But when it's all said and done with, why not Washington? Uh, that was Eric Bieniemy um, saying, why not Washington, when he was asked about why Washington. Um, you know, right now, uh, as we've talked uh, about, I mean, why Washington? Because I don't think there were a lot of options for him. But the other reason could be that Washington's changing. Uh, and if Dan sells the team, um, the organization's changing. And I've mentioned this many times before, and many of you uh, don't like to hear it, but Ron Rivera, no matter what you think of him as a coach, is respected by other coaches around the league. And I think Martin Mayhew is to a certain degree as well. But anyway, Eric Bieniemy's press conference was yesterday. Uh, I'll net it out, and then I want what you heard, because I know you've watched it as well. Um, for me, there are a couple of things that stood out. Number one, and I kind of predicted this, I didn't think we would hear any kind of rearview mirror looking back and bemoaning what he didn't get. Um, he has not been public or outwardly um, woe is me. That has not been Eric Bieniemy over the last couple of years as each job interview he went on, he was not offered. He's not one of those guys that has looked at it and said, well, you know, feel sorry for me. He has continued to go to work, and that's what he said yesterday multiple times. He used that line that Ron Rivera's uh, used, which is, I am where my feet are. And, you know, it was a total looking out the windshield rather than looking in the rearview mirror. That stood out to me. Number two, um, he is, he's got some charisma. He is a communicator. Now, there are a lot of idioms and platitudes and phrases and, you know, a lot of third person um, that you hear sometimes, you know, in that environment. Um, but uh, I can see him and why some of the players have come out, especially in the wake of LaShawn McCoy's criticism of him, in defense of him. I can see him as a motivator. I can see him as a very good communicator. And what's also clear is he's got great confidence in himself. He is an alpha. He is a believer in himself. And and I, I thought that stood out. I think he won the press conference, if that means anything. For me, it really doesn't mean much because Carson Wentz won the press conference. Ron Rivera won the press conference after Happy Thanksgiving. Um, and we've had a lot of people in this town, including Albert Hainsworth, who won the press conference. Uh, the real evaluation isn't a press conference evaluation of Eric Bieniemy. It is an evaluation when the games begin, and we can't start that until um, September. Um, I also thought that we didn't get anything from him with regards to football, which is fine. Um, there was not a lot, you know, in, in great detail uh, about what kind of coach and what kind of system and what he thought of the players, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that wasn't really um, what we got from him. And then the last thing I would say is I actually think he's probably the kind of person that 
would not be comfortable necessarily with us spending the next 15 minutes breaking down his press conference and talking about what he said and what he didn't say. I think the fact that we don't hear a lot about it in the past, that he doesn't bemoan it, he doesn't dwell on it, that he's a look-ahead guy. Now, one last thing before I let Chris take a swing at this. I had Diana on, um, Diana Rossini, on the radio show this morning. Diana has been intimately involved in covering the Chiefs over the last several years for ESPN because they've been so good, and Diana's been on that beat. And here is my hunch after not just talking to Diana, but also just reading between the tea leaves, including a comment that Biennemi made yesterday that, you know, he took Andy Reid to the brink a couple of times where he thought he was going to be fired. You know, there were tongue-in-cheek moments in there, but even Diana said, no, 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 I bet you there were moments Andy Reid was ready to fire him. My, my hunch as to why he's been turned down all of these times with all of these interviews is that it's not because they don't think he can coach, not because they don't think he's smart, not because they don't think he you know, can motivate players, is that he's one of these guys that is in your face constantly, and that's fine, but eventually there's an expiration date on that. And, you know, that it's like this guy can do it, he's respected, but he can be probably a bit overbearing. Um, And I think that Kansas City was ready to move on from him. I think they would have hired him back had Washington not offered because it would have looked really bad had Andy Reid not hired Biennemi back after publicly being such an endorser of Biennemi. But my guess is that he's good at what he does, He's well-liked and he's well-respected, but there's just like we all have in our lives, there's just a bit of an expiration date ultimately on people that can be a little bit overbearing and over the line and, you know, by the way, not shy about expressing his opinion. That's my guess. Now, it has to be a little bit more than that when 15 teams, not one person decided to take a swing at it until Washington um, but I, I think, you know, yesterday was, was a day in which you saw a guy that has the ability to communicate. He's got charisma. You can see why some of his players, including Patrick Mahomes, continue to come to his defense. Um, why all, a lot of players came to his defense after LaShawn McCoy was critical of him earlier in the week. Um, but at the same time, I have no idea what to expect from him as an actual coach when the games begin with Sam Howell and whomever else he has at quarterback. That evaluation, those thoughts can't become truly conclusive until we see them play games. Some of you are ready uh, already to, to decide that he is the greatest hire in recent franchise history. I'm not. I'm in wait-and-see mode. Cooley, go ahead. I think you're right on the breaking down of the press conference. We can do the third person and we can do the coach speak stuff, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's, that is that world. And the enemy would be very easy in seven meetings to, to do the enemy. He would be a training camp target. <laughs> like, Hey, you go do the enemy on the stage. And it'd be easy <laughs> to do, but nothing he's saying is, is not what, is normal in that world for any coach. I mean, right. Gibbs was so so easy to do. Mike Shanahan, for obvious reasons, was super easy to do. <laughs> yeah, all, all these guys have. This. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, well, you did. Right. You would. Okay. You would impersonate some of those guys, including Gibbs and, and Shanahan. You and know, it'd, it'd be fun to do, but yeah, yeah. No, everyone would do it. He's a char- He's a it. character. I mean, he he and he. You know, and I think he has character. But he is. You know, he's in the room when he's in the room. No doubt about it. Before I get to the overall takeaway of, of, of the entire thing, I, I think he did do a pretty darn good job of deferring anything as to his duties, responsibilities for Kansas City, who, by the way, he continued to refer to as we, which is hard after 10 years. Sure. But, you know, we, we, we. It's like, no, they, they, they. Or, you know, together in Kansas City, it was still we. He'll, he'll get away from that, and I, I, that didn't bother me in, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the, the potential head coaching role, you know, my feet are where they are, whatever he said. But at the end of the year, we'll look at that. Like, <laughs> okay, so one year, because at one point he did say, you know, it, 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 we'll, 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 th- we'll think about that at the end of the year. Right, I know, but I thought, right. yeah, all right. But that, again, I don't hate that. Here, here's what I really pick out of it, though. Out of, out of other than some of the fun stuff that I just pick up on. I, I can't help but not pick up on some of the little things because that's just the life I was around forever, and that's that's what we picked up on because that's how we joked about our coaches. I think right away you see a high level of energy, enthusiasm. He's upbeat. He's motivated. He's animated. And, and those are all things you you need as a coach which really ultimately gives him the ability to communicate well with people. And I think he'll have the ability to communicate with his guys, so guys will trust him and believe in him. He, the way he talks about Coach Rivera and the staff and the way he talks about Andy Reid is you see the guy, he's got to have an unconditional loyalty to his staff and, and to his head coach and, and to the organization he works for. And that's really proven. I obviously had a chance to leave Kansas City or, or wanted to leave or interview, but I, I'm sure he had an unbelievable loyalty to Andy Reid. Uh, I think he's got, uh, in what seems like a, a good ability to really discern the talent in his, his other coaches and the guys that are going to play for him. And, and I even liked at some point, like, yeah, there are some great players and they've done some great things, but I haven't had the appropriate opportunity to evaluate every single one of these guys. And that's really true. I, I mean, I'm sure he spent a lot of time watching these guys over the last week, getting ready for the interview, but until you start to watch individual practices and some of the stuff they've done over the last year, I mean, you pick up a lot from game film, but a lot of the guys that don't start, that don't play a ton, you want to see how they practice. You want to see how they work. You want to see what the potential is. And I think that he has, you know, the patience to do that, and I, and, and I believe he can do that. I would guarantee you there's, there's a real fundamental knowledge uh, of, of what he's doing, of what he wants to do. Um, there's an expertise there. My biggest concern moving forward, and it'll play out, and you'll see exactly where it is, is, one, can he put together a game plan? Is is he going to outsmart a defensive coordinator? Because some of the smartest guys in the world and the guys that are best at adapting in, in the world are defensive coordinators in the defensive side of the ball. They adapt and they change and, and they figure it out. And then, two, is he an effective teacher? Because... I don't know if he's the teacher in Kansas City. And really, essentially, the offensive coordinator, the guy installing the offense, is a full-time teacher. You, and, and he even said, and I love that he said this, he said, you know, everyone learns different. and i got to find a way to get through to every single person. Right. Can he do it? Is that, is that something that he's able to do? Uh, it's, it is easy to say and understand everyone learns different. 
it's much harder to say, do, am I willing to commit to the learning process of every single player on this team? And the great teachers and motivators do that. So, uh, it, was he running the offensive meetings for the Chiefs? I don't, maybe, I don't know. You know, he didn't talk a ton about exactly what he's doing other than, yeah, I'm excited to be the, the offensive coordinator here. And, and so yeah, that will be something. Is he, is he a game planner? Can he scheme it the way he wants to scheme it? And can he get it through to the players how exactly he wants to do it so they understand it? And I think those are, those are what he's talking about is the challenges that he's excited about having. I, I would be excited about the guy if I was in that locker room. I would be excited to work with him. You know, the, the little stuff he talked about football, he talked about the language. Um, yeah, we're going to do a lot of the same stuff. Some of the past concepts will change, but the language is going to change. And, and we've talked about that before. It's going from a numbered system into what is a West Coast system. And so the past concepts will, will change quite a bit. He'll have to he'll have to make some adjustments to where you would have a, a, a play where you could say it was like, let's go um, red right close, fullback right outside, 323 F-swing to same type of formation. And, and now it's three-jet theme Puma, you know, or X corner derby, or to, to, to terminology in words, which is not terminology in numbers. And so they're going to have to learn a new language. And he's, it's his job to teach the new language. It will t- that will take all of the offseason, all of training camp, especially for the guys that have a bit in a West Coast system. Wasn't like the touchdown to Kadarius Toney um, uh, at the goal line? Didn't they call that corn dog? Wasn't that it was one word and that was the play and everybody knew what, knew what they were doing? Why don't you just have a bunch of names like that? <laughs> I didn't hear it. I, I didn't hear it. You you can have you know seven or eight seven or eight plays that are are call and run at one word. Right. A lot of times when you have a, a hurry up situation where you want did he catch the ball or not, and we got to get to the line of scrimmage, just go corn dog, corn dog. But essentially, it means you're going to run it out of one formation, out of one one way. It's one play, but you can install the protections into it. You know, you you don't have to call like a three jet or an action jet or like you don't have to call a max protect, you know, you don't, you don't have to call Joe Gibbs flash and lightning into protection. What's, what's flash and lightning? Corn dogs, Jackie corn dogs. <laughs> what is flash and lightning? Flash, flash and lightning was Joe's seven man protection. Flash was to the right. Lightning was to the left. Got it. And it was just, it was a full, full protection, but, no, if you do that, it's a lot easier, especially if you get a formation where all of a sudden you got three guys to the right and your tight ends then back to the left. And instead of saying, like, okay, three to the stud left, zoom, let's tighten in the X. So stud left, zoom, tout, bang, three jet, zebra cells, Z snare, Y basic. Right. Like, that's a play call. Yeah, crazy. You know, and and crazy. instead, let's call it corn dog. <laughs> and and that's, that'll be the difference. The, the listening, like, we don't have to go clusters, Z left, three jet, white bingo cross, X scout takeoff. <laughs> you know, let's, let's let's call that let's call that mahi mahi. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, or or like let's all Black. our all our new plays this week are going to be like fair, the like county fair foods. Nachos, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. corn dog, cotton candy. Uh, mm. Yeah, Navajo Cra- taco, Cracker Jack. <laughs> Um, so, 
So yeah, there there are things you can do in that, but like mm-hmm. you can't you can't be as versatile with flipping formations and motions and stuff or changing or alternating out of those. They're they're call it and run a play. I mean a lot of a lot of teams do that. They, teams have the guy was I was around a coach that had a natural disaster package. And so any natural disaster <laughs> tornado, tornado hurricane, earthquake, hurricane, tsunami. Yeah. Yeah, blizzard. Exactly. Yeah. Um, blizzard. Oh gosh, blizzard's a good one. Yeah. Uh but so, so a lot of teams will do that stuff, and yeah, no, that that it's just a language barrier. You're just going to learn a new language. I right. mean, well, I mean, for Sam not, Howell, for they, Sam Howell, he's basically starting from scratch anyway. He is the, the one nice thing for the quarterback is you you get a chance through the year to see and start to understand defensive coverages and how guys are going to move and react on the back end of defenses. And and I don't know how far along he is with some of that stuff. But there's just a lot more, a lot more you see week in and week out from NFL defenses than you do in a college defense. There's a lot more to prepare for. What else do you have from his still, presser? I'm what else? I'm still not convinced, by the way, that it's just like it's Sam Howell's job. Like, there's so much in the quarterback. The, the quarterback situation in the NFL right now is, is insanity. There's a lot that can happen. Uh, you know what? I wanted to say one other thing I had in, in my notes, and that is he made reference to Martin Mayhew multiple times, Eric Stokes m- multiple times, even Marty Herney, um, when it came to kind of you know looking at the, the roster. I think he will have meaningful input. Not that he shouldn't, because I think Scott Turner had you know was able to lob in some of his thoughts on various things as well. But with respect to the quarterback, if you're going to give him this assistant head coach, offensive coordinator, and all of this autonomy, which I've been told he's going to have, you gotta you got to let him be involved in this offseason and going out and creating the quarterback room that he wants. So and and by the way, I would one hundred percent agree. Uh, I would one hundred percent agree with that. And make the decisions on the quarterbacks, on who starts, etc. And and I wanted to just add, I said the evaluation begins in September. It's actually uh, this is a long evaluation period for Eric Bieniemy. They don't we don't we do not know at this point if he will have an NFL caliber quarterback under center next year or in the shotgun. We don't know that. And without that, it doesn't matter how great of a coordinator you are. I mean, Cooley will be able to see and maybe even will be able to see to a certain degree if he's coaching up the level of talent and the level of quarterback he has to beyond what their capabilities are. And that will be obviously encouraging. But you're not going to get the overwhelming results without the quarterback. And I don't know. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you as soon as you start installing. I've said this a ton of times to you i believe this it's really really nice when you start installing this new offense and this new language and your quarterback runs it you've got a guy that understands it gets it and runs it so when you're trying to operate in practice and you're saying hey we're going to read this as a one read and we're going to work to here and if we don't work here this is why we're going here and you see it happen with your own guys running it you don't have to pull up chiefs film every single time it's nice but he will so use Chiefs film, won't he? Will he use Chiefs film to yeah, teach? Well, he's, gonna, he's, he's got to, right? 100% yeah. he's, he's going to install with Chiefs film. But the, the sooner rather than the later, you can get to using Commander's film right. and using more of our practice film and and having the play. Oh, I saw the way Mahomes and Kelsey did this. And I, you know, I see why McKinnon's going here. And I get it, but it, it's nice to see us doing it. Right. 
Um, and, not, and, not ha- and, and it's nice to see it work and to be understood. And, and a lot of times it's hard with a young quarterback because you want to, you have, like, I'm sure right now he's got a day one about, or a day one installation, a day two installation, all the way through day 17 installation. We want to get through this stuff. But if you get to day four and you go, wow, I can't go to day five. And I, I definitely can't get to day seven. I got to reset, and we really need to go day one back through the process again. Then your overall install is limited, and you don't want to limit what you're doing as far as insulation. Right, but you've got to have the quarterback that can execute it, can get it called, get to the line of scrimmage, and run it. No doubt. That's 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 the literally that is the key to the car. You want to turn it on? That guy's the key. That's that's the ignition switch. That's where we start. There's a lot of other stuff that's got to work, but that's how you turn it on. Um, anything else on B Enemy? I, I don't know what else to say on B Enemy personally. I, I it, this I'm is... excited for him. I really, I really, yeah, I really enjoyed his interview. I really like. Here, here's the other thing I really like. Wh- whether or not he wanted, he really wanted to be a head coach. Or, or anything didn't work in Kansas City. He really does seem comfortable and grounded and willing to commit fully to the position he's in right now. And I, I really appreciated that. I totally that, I, that came very clearly out of the interview. Totally agree with that. In fact, I think that may be there are two reasons more than any other that I'm rooting for him. Number one, whenever somebody has been in this position where there's been a little bit of a narrative that's developed that in many ways can be embarrassing to him. I'd love to see him prove all of those people wrong. Number two is, in in this dovetails off the first, is I've never heard him once complain about it. I've never heard him once, you know, play like he's a victim of something. I mean, there are plenty of people out there that will make that case for him, whether it's an accurate, you know, depiction of what happened or not. But it would be great to see somebody like that who just puts his head down and says, hey, there are reasons for, for that happening, and now I'm going to prove everybody wrong, but not saying he's going to prove right. everybody wrong, um, that would be great. And then for the franchise, especially if it's got a new owner, to have you know a guy that comes in that can really lift you offensively and make you better than maybe even what your overall talent level is, that would be phenomenal. Um, I'm still not <laughs> sure as to what we will see, though. Have no idea, and I and as I've said many as I've said many times, a year from now with new ownership, it may be a moot point because if they don't kill it next year, you know, win eleven games, be incredibly dynamic offensively, a new owner more likely than not is going to want to bring in the people that he wants, his own front office, his own coaching staff, and so a year from now, all of this attention to this particular hire may, you know, be a bit uh, overdone in hindsight. But we'll see. Because they've got a chance to impress the, the new the owner thing, as well. No doubt. The other thing that's really interesting with the enemy thing for Washington in general is you want him to immediately have success. But uh, he, I think time after someone else asked it in, in, in the presser is, you know, did you have to come here to elevate your career? And I, he didn't answer, which was the right thing to do. But if he does have great success, they're going to just lose a guy in a year. Yeah. 
But, I, I think that would be the instance. Is you you are bringing him in, you're going to install this offense, but then you're going to lose him in a year. Well, there you you could you, you you got to believe, and I I believe personally that if Eric Bieniemy leaves Mahomes, leaves Andy Reid, goes to Washington, installs an offense, Sam Howe, whatever, whoever you whoever it is, makes him a top fifteen offense, that he's getting a head job next year. I, outside of the umbrella of Andy Reid, and now it's Andy Reid and Ron Rivera saying this guy can do this. He's getting a job, I, and you're going to lose him in a year. I agree with you, but what if the job is here? What if Ron Rivera that says that would be terrific for for everyone involved? Yeah, what does the what I suggested with John Gruden and Sean McVay eight years ago? <laughs> you did. You said. You said uh, if it were me and I own the team, I would actually make Sean McVay the head coach and see if Jay wants to stick around uh, in an offensive coordinator role. Um, and because I don't want to lose Sean McVay, uh, you would have been right um, about that. Uh, but then again, you know, for Sean, would he have really wanted to stay here and be the head coach and continue to be the head coach in an organization with Dan running it? He's smarter than that. So I, my the answer to that may have been no. I think I'm going to get a better job. Um, all right. I wanted to really quickly update everybody. So I'm assuming that most of you saw the story that broke late yesterday. The Post had it: Mark Maskey, Nikki Javala, Liz Clark about J, uh, Jeff Bezos hiring an investment brokerage firm, Allen and Company. They handled both the Tepper purchase of the Carolina Panthers and the Walmart family, uh, the Waltons. Um, purchase of the Denver Broncos. Uh, the uh, story essentially is that he's hired that investment firm to evaluate a possible bid for Washington. Now, you know, the, the process on this thing, and I was told this after my radio show this morning, is, you know, don't, you know, d- don't be absolutely convinced that he's going to make an offer. He's now, it, it, he's now in a position, if Snyder allows it, to do all the due diligence that Josh Harris and the mystery bidder have been doing, and maybe a third bidder as well, because apparently three have taken tours of the facility. And now he's able to get dig, you know, deep into the books and really look at the business and see what he should offer. But the NFL wants Bezos probably to be involved to help elevate the price to where Snyder says it's a no-brainer. I still think a big question is whether or not Snyder wants to sell it, and this whole idea of whether or not Bezos will be you know, asked by Snyder to sell the post as kind of some gesture of goodwill. I still don't understand what that does. All of you are convinced that he's going to have to sell the post to buy the team. Even if Dan and Tanya believe the post are responsible for the predicament that they are in, uh, what, what does Bezos selling the post with them gone do? I don't know. I guess it's kind of the petty tit-for-tat thing um, that may be in play. I don't know. But I, I, one of the things I was told is don't think that he's absolutely 100% going to make a bid and buy the team. He's more capable than anybody else. But this is like the first step to getting a, a, essentially – involved in the due diligence process that the other bidders are involved in. By the way, Diana Rossini told me this morning, just a hunch, she thinks that A, Josh Harris is the front runner, and B, this isn't going to be done until the summer. Um, The other part of this is Charles Gasparino, who is a Fox business um, commentator, and he has made uh, he has tweeted out information regarding the sale. I think he is a guy that knows Snyder. He tweeted out, and, and Bezos maybe as well, he tweeted out the following just about an hour ago. 
Quote, as Jeff Bezos takes a step to bid on commander's current owner, as it takes a step to bid on commander's, current owner Dan Snyder is telling the NFL that he is not selling the team for less than $6 billion, sources tell him. The NFL is really pushing now Bezos to make a bid because he can easily meet the league's 30% owner equity rule. I've I've talked about this before, but you've got to put 30% down essentially in cash. So that would be $1.8 billion. And that eliminates a lot of bidders when you've got to be that liquid. A lot of guys have lots of billions, not a lot, but it's not necessarily liquid, uh, you know, billions. <laughs> Bezos has liquid billions. Um, Gasparino continues, partnership with Jay-Z um, remains a possibility, but Bezos is said to want to retain control Questions continue to swirl in league circles about Bezos unloading the Washington Post as part of the deal. Um, One rumored buyer of the Post, Mike Bloomberg. Story developing. So that's Charles Gasparino, who's been reporting on this for Fox Business News, says that Snyder's not selling for less than $6 billion. And we've already heard that guys like Harris and others who have looked at the prospectus on this don't think it's worth anywhere near $6 billion. So Bezos may be the only person out there willing or capable of doing $6 billion, which means, um, you know, that hopefully... Bezos comes up with the $6 billion and buys the team. No matter what, what you think of Jeff Bezos, no matter what you think of his politics, no matter what you think of their business practices, whatever, Bezos could be the only guy willing or capable of meeting a $6 billion price tag. We'll see. You have any thoughts on this? Well, here's the thing you would, you would compare this to, or I would compare this to, honestly, is, is the, maybe he is going to overpay, but it's almost like the quarterback market. I, I mean, it ends... With Kirk, you overpay at the time, but five years later, it, it seems like a good deal. Washington's not going to lose value over the next 15 years. Right. As long as Bezos isn't trying to flip it, he, he might not, in the end, sell, make as much money if you were to sell it 20 years from now or 15 years from now. But 20 years from now, the, it, it, it's going to be $10 billion to buy an NFL team like that. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you're not getting you're not getting a team on sale like like when you go buy buy like Apple. There are times where you can get Apple stock on sale, but it's it's Apple. Like it's 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 going to keep going up. You uh, would assume NFL franchises you know, I, I don't, don't I know go down see, in value. Uh, they they don't go down. So if, even if you're saying Forbes has it at whatever four billion and. Everyone says you should pay four or four point five if you want it. It's six billion. It's it's not like you're gonna just piss away a billion and a half dollars twenty years from now. Right. It'll come to it. Josh Harris end up being that value. Josh Harris owns the seventy sixers. The seventy sixers were purchased by Josh Harris in twenty eleven for two hundred and eighty million dollars. And the Phoenix Suns just sold for four billion. So it is possible that Josh Harris could put himself into a position to buy the team if he sold a significant stake in the 76ers to come up with the cash to put down. Um, The league also has a $1 billion limit on what you can borrow 
uh, to purchase a team too. So in addition to the 30% in cash, they'd have to come up with, a, you know, the bottom line is depending on the price, they'd have to come up with a lot more. Um, but uh, I think the big question here is, will Dan sell it to Bezos? If Bezos is the only one capable of meeting his price, will, will he sell it to him? I think he would. Um, but six billion. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For six billion dollars, think he would. Okay. Think, think think about the billions. Yeah, but with him, he might not. He's not going to cut. He like, maybe that's where it's at, and he knows that's where it's at, and he knows it's Bezos, and he knows who it is. Ownership knows who it is. Well, yeah. He's saying, I'm not, cutting Be- I'm not cutting Bezos a deal. I'm not even giving him a fair market. I won't give him a fair market. Well, you understand. You know, if he wants you, to overpay. Do you understand the conversation? The conversation as to why people have reported that Dan may have an issue selling to Bezos. Bezos owns the Washington Post. Dan and Tanya blame the Washington Post for at least some of the predicament they're in, if not most of it. So that's the issue there. Is that the, the I understand the issue. Okay. I'm just saying so sure. for an extra two billion dollars, I think I would just go ahead and pull the trigger. Well, you would and I would. I wouldn't care if I, was I wouldn't care if he insulted everybody in my family if he was gonna pay a billion and a half more for the business and I wanted to sell. But, you know, the, 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 the Skins wouldn't trade Kirk Cousins to San Francisco for the number two pick in the draft because they didn't want to tr- trade him to the Shanahans. So there is a track record of pettiness. I, I get it. Yeah. All right, one last This one th- just seems to transcend pettiness, the amount of money. <laughs> I would think so, too. Um one quick thing to finish up the show with. It's the Russell Wilson story. If you, hadn't, if you haven't heard it, stay tuned. That's next right after these words from a few of our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The show today is presented by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag. Use my promo code, KevinDC, and MyBookie is going to allow you to make a deposit, wager that amount of your deposit one time, and then you can cash out quickly. Most books don't let you do that. MyBookie is. It's perfect. Like if this weekend you want to bet the D.C. Defenders in the XFL getting three and a half at the Vegas Vipers, that's the MyBookie line, uh, line right now, uh, then you can you know deposit your amount, bet that amount on the game, and if you win, cash out on Monday morning or Sunday night or whenever the game is. I don't even know when the game is, uh, but that's an actual point spread. The D.C. Defenders are three-and-a-half-point underdogs with a 
total at my bookie. I've noticed that the totals in the XFL are super low. Uh, but anyway, use my promo code KevinDC at mybookie.ag and you can take advantage of an opportunity. Again, most books don't allow you to do that. My bookie will. You make that initial deposit. You bet that amount one time. Perfect for March Madness as an example. And they'll let you cash out immediately. So the Athletic reported this morning that Russell Wilson to stay in Seattle, wanted Pete Carroll and John Schneider, the general manager, fired. Man, that is a bombshell of a story that he wanted and went to ownership. It wouldn't have been Paul Allen at that point. I think he would have passed at that point and wanted Pete Carroll and John Schneider fired if he were going to stay in Seattle. Now, Russell Wilson responded with a tweet, and he never tweets and responds to this stuff, ever. He tweeted early this morning, Mountain Time. I guess he was in Mountain Time. I love Pete. He was a father figure to me, and John believed in me and drafted me as well. I never wanted them fired. All any of us wanted was to win. I'll always have respect for them and love for Seattle. His agent came out and said that that's an entirely fabricated story. But I'll tell you one thing we've learned about Russell Wilson over the last year, Cooley. He was the diva of all divas because John Schneider tried to trade him in 2016, according to that ESPN uh, August story or September story, to Cleveland for the number one pick in the draft. They wanted to draft Josh Allen, potentially. They even looked at Mahomes. Um, I don't know. Which is all clear motive to why he would want them fired. It's all, it would be clear motive for him to go in and say, if I'm here, they're not. They don't want me here. They didn't want me here. So if I'm staying here, I don't want them here. Yeah. If, if it's... It would be clear motive. And, and by the way, him tweeting and saying whatever he says in a tweet, what is he supposed to say? Nothing. To be the evil dude of all time? And say, I mean, he could have said nothing, but nothing essentially is an admission of guilt. I wonder he how says nothing. He's, you're going to go. Oh man, he has nothing to say to that. Like it's, it's, he tweeted the right thing. I just don't know if I believe it. Yeah, I think we we've learned so much about Russell Wilson. There's just too much out there that speaks to him being a massive diva. And yet, with all of that said, all they did with him was win and win big. And he was. There and I don't know what he'll be with Sean Payton next year in Denver, but for about a, a seven to eight nine year period, whatever it was, I guess nine years, he was as good a, 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 an off schedule quarterback as we've seen in the NFL. He had limitations, and you always pointed him out as a pocket passer. He couldn't see the field from the pocket, um, but as an off schedule quarterback, he was brilliant and. They won a shitload with him, which is always why it's that story for me preseason was shocking, that they were trying to trade him, they were trying to replace him the whole time. And then they did sign him to the long-term deal. Um, but, you know, we've gotten the stories recently from Richard Sherman and, and Marshawn Lynch about how you couldn't even call him, that he wouldn't give his cell phone out to anybody. Had, you had to go through his administrative assistant if you wanted to reach him, if you were one of his teammates. You know, he's got his own coach working out in Denver with him uh, over and above the coaching staff that's there. Sean Payton isn't going to deal with any of that. Right now, prediction. Does Sean Payton make Russell Wilson Russell Wilson again? 
I think so, too. Yes. I think also the a big part of last year makes Russell, Russell Wilson Russell Wilson again. I think that was embarrassing. If it wasn't embarrassing, something's wrong with you. The way that team performed and the way he performed after that contract and what they traded for him, yeah, I think it's embarrassed. I would be. I would be incredibly embarrassed by what he did last year, or if, if that was me. All right, good job. Just, just saying, that's not me. So, I mean, I don't know. I think Russell Wilson can still be a great quarterback in this league, and I think there's a lot of things he can do, and, and Sean Payton's a triple coach. He's doing a good job putting his staff together as well. I'm interested in what Denver does next year. Yeah, I think he gets Russell Wilson back. I don't know. This just the drama of the NFL is unbelievable. Incredible. Aaron Rodgers coming out of the darkness retreat two days early. Uh, the Rodgers thing to me is is what's holding up the Derek Carr thing. Um, Derek Carr is not going to you know get an offer until Aaron Rodgers you know is either traded to the Jets or not traded to the Jets. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to end up back in Green Bay. Um, a lot of people do not agree with that, uh, but we shall see. All right, good job. Um, I don't have anything on the Caps trade other than. You know, they're clearly trying to sell uh, right now because they don't have a team that can contend. They probably won't make the playoffs. Uh, So uh, Orlov and Hathaway are gone. Uh, I refer to people like Tarek Elbashir and Ben Raby and some of those guys who all say it's clear that they are selling before the deadline. I'll be back on Monday. Good job, Chris. Thanks. See you, Kev. Wasn't a tease, everybody. Told you he'd be here today. Back on Monday. At the end of the day, Eric Bieniemy is a ball coach. At the end of the day, Eric Bieniemy wants to know the people who he's going to work with. Eric Bieniemy wants to make sure that these guys understand that, you know, <laughs> we're going to learn to put consistent behavior on tape. All right? But also understanding that when we're playing for each other and doing things for the greater good of the organization, also seeing the big picture that – This game ain't that hard. It can be a whole lot of fun, but it's going to be fun when you're making the necessary sacrifices to make each other better. All right. That's some of the things that I'm excited about. Those are some of the things I'm looking forward to. And so when it comes to job titles and all that, you guys got to understand, yes, I am the assistant head coach. I am the offensive coordinator. My job is to get these guys to go out and do and be the best that they can be. So that's going to be my focus right now. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.